Hello and welcome to this edition of the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Nikki Pope, your host for this hairdressing conversation. My guests this edition are the award-winning session stylist Lisa Farrell, owner of Wig London, and freelancer and educator Casey Dale. Both women are accomplished and acclaimed in working with all hair types, but champion in particular the joy of Afro and black hair. Together we'll talk about where the UK hairdressing industry is in promoting the need to elevate our knowledge and skills in working with all hair types. Recently, the Equalities Watchdog has said that pupils should not be unfairly singled out at school because they have Afro hair, and has issued new guidance to help schools in England, Scotland and Wales ensure their policies on hair are not unlawfully discriminatory. So I'll be discussing with Lisa and Casey how we can all help support in this movement. Do enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Respectfully Podcast Studio. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Casey. Nice to see you sitting there with smiley faces, (laughs) all in our bright clothes on a on a summer's day. Thank you for joining me. I'm really keen to get the conversation going. We'll kick off with just give me two or three sentences to tell me your journey into hairdressing. What do you? How did you get into hairdressing, and what's your sort of um, I got into hairdressing from a very early age of about 12. Yeah. Um, styling my own hair with it being cut very curly and thick. Um, yeah, I started styling my own hair and then friends and family and then easily realised this is a good, easy job to be in because I know what I'm doing. Easy, calm <laughs> down. Yeah. In, a, in the beginning, in 12, remember? Yeah, 12. So, Casey, yeah. how would you describe your hair? So then as, as a child of 12, uh, interested... At 12, very thick and unmanageable yep. at 36 now. Yeah. Curly, lovely, volume, <laughs> everything I love about it. Yeah, Brilliant. I love it. And Lisa? So, similar really. I started in a salon from the age of 13. Wanted a bit of pocket money to spend side up at the park with my friends. <laughs> um, and then when it got to me actually leaving school, school didn't really know what to do with me. I was a bit of a rebel. I loved art. Um, and they didn't know where to put me and the salon just kind of embraced me for all of my weirdness and my quirks and moulded me into a human being that actually like cared about putting myself into something right. um, and I always wanted to be a tattoo artist I worked as a tattoo artist for a little bit um, but I always came back to hair and I never left the salon so yeah that was when I was 13 Wow mm-hmm. and fast forward to now 2023 I know each of you as being focused, I wouldn't say specifically, I think you both work with lots of hair types and you're both very interested in all textures, but Lisa, we think of you as being Afro, black hair, braiding, session styling, championing the ethos of no difference in texture, no difference in ethnic Well, I think it's all about equality. I don't think anyone should be turned away from any salon based on the colour of their skin, the sexuality, their hair type. And that came from me working in a little small that we call vintage salon now mm-hmm. that people would be turned away unless I would do their hair. And that be- led me to Because go somebody on. didn't know how to manage it. they didn't it. know how. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't anything that they thought they were being offensive, but they just didn't know how. Yes. So I took it upon myself. I went, I said to my college lecturers, I want to learn how to do all hair types because I'd be bringing in my friends with type three, four A hair 
and the lecturers wouldn't know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I would kind of be educating the educator, and I'm like, I'm 16. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 16, I need a mentor. Yeah. Um, so I took myself over to Birmingham, where you could actually learn Afro hair in Birmingham University. I was only 16. I caught my, my little old self, caught the bus. Um, and Marie, who was my lecturer there, she ended up mentoring me, and I went and worked in her salon in Hansworth, which was a traditional Jamaican salon. Um, I had the first chair by the door that no one would sit in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had to wear my stripes, and she literally taught me everything I know. So, wow. well, I know now as mm-hmm. well, but having been in that space and understanding the history and the pain and the culture, I was always told that you need to carry this forward you need to make the hairdressing industry equal and bring about equality so that's what I'm here to do and that's what Wig London is and you know especially as a session stylist if I've got models that you know black models Asian models European models white models we need to be able to do every single hair yeah. type and yeah. not turn anyone away well, and say, I quite, can't yeah. do it's it. A, I mean, it's only when you really stop and think about it, it's awful, really, that we ever have the situation where you can be turned away. Yeah. 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 So, Casey, tell Similar me... Similar to your... what you're... It, I feel like you've lived my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love Soul that for system. us. Yeah, babe, um, That was the same for me. My experience, like, growing up, my mum would do my hair. She could manage so far as to, like maybe not a wedding style, but just to get me through the week and stuff. And that was nice. But when you become a teenager, you want to learn to do your own styling and you become your own person. So braids wasn't for me anymore. And yeah, I started learning very quickly that everyone was scared to do my hair. So if I take this hairband out, what would happen? Well, it's been straightened, but the reaction of stylists would be quite upsetting. So then I'd feel like I don't want to go to the salon because it's just long. (laughs) Everyone's going to be like pushing up their face because my hair's so big and they'll charge me different to what the price yeah. would say. You made a comment earlier when we were chatting that you weren't um, obliged, when you did your training, you, you didn't have to work on black no. and afro hair. No, I had a choice and I chose to do both so my work was just double yeah. because I was like, well, if I do both, then I can do all. So yeah. I'd never thought I'm going to just do, I didn't know why you would just want to do one, especially in my family, I'm mixed race, so my auntie will come with European hair, and my mum will have have afro, but I can't do yours, like, I just thought it wouldn't be fair. I I was never even given the option, I I was like, completely never given the option, and even when I went to Birmingham, Mm. um, the only course there was just on afro hair. So I would come out with kiss curls, braids. I think this is something I remember going when going into lockdown in 2020. There was suddenly there was a lot of noise in the industry, and people were sort of exclaiming over because the realization. Afro that ladies were going mad; they couldn't yeah. get their breasts done. No, but was, <laughs> they were like, "What in the world?" <laughs> it became apparent that, that there was this sort of real gap and this and this idea that you could qualify as a hairdresser without ever having touched. Well, this is kind of where lockdown came in because obviously we had Black Lives Matter. Everyone was putting a black square on their Instagram Mm -hmm. and it sparked up the conversation with hairdressers going, you know what, equality, I don't know how to do Afro hair, I don't know how to do textured hair, and across the board. But then after a while... They become sensitive to the conversation. Right. And then after a while, that black square got lower and lower down and the conversation got more diluted and then it just Mm -hmm. stopped being spoke about. 
So now, in the positions that we're in, it's our responsibility to keep Spend having those conversations. I agree with you. There was a lot of noise. We talked about it. Everyone was sort of... But then, I don't know, it kind of got diluted down with, you know, about texture and actually we're talking about curls and coils and yeah. waves and we weren't really... <laughs> yeah. I think the person that invented the chart of the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, because I hate it, <laughs> the, the, the hair type chart... It's really not fair for hairdressers because we we were taught there's straight, curly, and wavy, maybe coily, yeah. and now we have the whole alphabet to work through when it's really just about product knowledge and hair. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. learning about the hair itself. You don't need yeah. to. I think there's so much like controversy about this chart system. I don't necessarily love it, mm. but I think as an education tool, yeah, it for helps. salons that know nothing about textured hair, it helps. Yeah, it helps yeah. to a certain yeah. extent. I think it's got into the Consumer head though, exactly. hasn't it? When you have yeah. clients coming yeah. in telling you, well, it's all see here, it's really and you're like, just sit down. <laughs> yeah, that's my Let's job. have a moment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and what about products? It seems to me, you know, I'm not a hairdresser, mm -hmm. but sitting in this sort of world of hair and products, the products seem to have got a bit better. Don't know, are they better? Yeah, I mean, I can use, I have free base products for every client that I use, and if you use anything else, it's a bonus. But I just feel like once you do have product knowledge, which is what I educate on very highly because the usage, first of all, you could have something and you're probably using it wrong. One being the colour well that everyone's gone crazy yeah. about. Uh, one of my favourite products. But yeah, product knowledge helps to know the hair type. Yeah, okay. And, and even as a session stylist, when we go out and educate, you can't go with a hundred products. So, <laughs> exactly like you said, you would have break it yeah, down. you'd yeah. have the staple. So you've got your lotion, your cream, your oil, your mm -hmm. water. What does the hair need? But I think because corporations and big brands are kind of catching on to the fact that this isn't going away, mm -hmm. they have to put products in place. Yeah. They can't seem to be surrogating themselves from all of that revenue and all of their customers, mm -hmm. yeah. um, which is why, you know, Pax at Dalston's probably one of the busiest hair shops yeah, yeah. 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 In, in London, whereas now you've got, like, you know, L'Oreal, you've got um, Red, yeah. like all of these big brands that are coming out, Color Wow, with all of these yeah. textured, curly products mm -hmm. that can be used on all hair types, whereas before you would have to kind of rely on your own I devices. I think now what they've done, they've labelled it for, like personally one of my favourite brands when I was training would have been like L'Oreal or Kerastase because it catered for all hair types. Yeah. So you get a prescription for your hair and then you stick to it. It's just when you... If you're shown a wrong product, like something too heavy or something too light, yeah, yeah it does help. They're, now they've labelled it, I think that it's, the cells are better for them, which yeah. is great. But for a hairdresser, it doesn't really make a difference. You could use something from gel. the pound <laughs> shop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the knowledge of what you're using it for and how you use it. Yeah. So do each of you, obviously, I don't want to put you on the spot, um, so to make you uncomfortable but in your general sort of day-to-day -day business of being a hairdresser do you think it's improved in the last couple of years do you think more people are learning the skills or more yeah. people yeah or is it oh, I think we've still got a long way to go surely I think it's down to the individual because I'm going to colleges I'll go in I go into ASOS now um, and with London we run courses for them into doing textured hairstyling advanced braiding I mean for me coming from in session which is fashion Everything that you see on a billboard gets filtered down. Yeah. So we have to be really, like for me, in my position, if I'm in charge of the casting, I will make sure that we've got a wide, diverse range of models from, you know, texture, <laughs> colour, size, mm -hmm. everything. 
and brands are kind of latching onto that as well yeah and I think with that when you're seeing your posters that you're putting in the salon that have got a mix of all yeah. different hair types you're going to have the stylist going well I want to be able to know how to do every single type yeah of hair I as don't well. think there's a right or wrong <coughs> method of doing curly or afro hair or whatever because it's just like anything you've been taught whoever taught it to you as long as they've taught it to you correctly yeah then you can't go wrong it's just continuing it and yeah, not falling off the pet. <laughs> yeah. Caring yeah. for it after. And so, so Wig London, you set up quite a long time ago, haven't you? Yeah, that? we set up in um, 2016, Wig London launched. So oh, yeah, a long yeah, time seven, ago. Eight years. Um, it's finally getting the traction, like people are talking about it more because of everything that's going on. But yeah, that set up, we set that up in 2016 to try and make salons more texture neutral. A lot of makeup artists were coming to us. And I actually set it up because I got the sack. I was, wor- <laughs> I was working in an academy in East London and I'd done all the schemes of work. I'd set it up. It was turning over um, five million a year. Um, and I won three awards for Afro hair that year. It was a really good year for me. Thank yeah. you. Well, well. Um, and But people were coming in to, and wanting to have courses just with me. And my boss, the owner, said it's not the Lisa show. So right. goodbye. <laughs> but it yeah. is though. <laughs> <laughs> so but you take the show somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. so obviously as a hairdresser. Take me and my Lisa self up. <laughs> do you know no. what I mean? And I was like, ah, what am I going to do? Like, as we do. But hairdressers were resilient. Like, yeah. the, the last few years have shown us that. And then that's when I launched Wig London myself. And so have you got a else. different mix of people coming than might have come in 2016? Have you got a broader reach? Do you notice that? Yeah. In the people? Do you know what? We've got, we have makeup artists. Like I said, we go into like blue chip. We go into colleges. Um, we have hairdressers. We have more actual hairdressers that have salons now. So we go in and right. host and they actually want to make their salons more inclusive, which is amazing. Um, we're seeing a lot more of that. Right. Um, and I think it can only continue to grow. The only thing that we kind of come up against a lot is we will have, you know, salon owners or people in salons going, well, we don't have the clientele. Right. Yes. Why should we? Why, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why should yeah. we put money in because we don't have the clientele? I was like, well, do you do short hair? Yeah. Do you advertise yourself as, you know, mm. a barber? Because if you was to put the products in the window, <laughs> you would be surprised how many clients you would have in your area mm. yeah. just because you don't see them because you're not advertising. The same as if you had a salon that looked like it just did bridal hair, you're not going to get someone coming for in, short hair. In my yeah. opinion, from being someone of with Afro heritage, there is a big thing in the industry where they'll say it's a white salon or it's a black salon. Yeah. yeah. Because they don't realise that you can... Uh, hair is hair. Yeah. yeah. Like, how I broke it down in the beginning when I started my workshop, I said... Because um, I started, first of all, using and making my own products. That's how I started my business. But then um, I said, if you use the same deodorant as a white lady, it's, no, it's not going to affect you, or the same perfume, or the same makeup. We all use the same things, but it's just what you use for your speci- your um, spe- your own need. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I was really shocked. Again, I remember going back to that sort of 2020 um, moment of realising that, ostensibly, if, if you walked into a... a black salon yeah, yeah. as a white woman they'd be able to do your hair yeah but a black vice versa yeah it would i came out with some auntie hairstyles when i worked in my salon <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know whether you remember but you know the ovens yeah um one of the stylists like did my hair with that and my hair because <laughs> <laughs> it's too hot <laughs> because yeah, you know same. i i have, remember having conversations with my client because it was 
it was a predominantly Afro community. So yeah. I would have people touching my hair, going, so you oh, get like, camos every day. Yeah, well, my hair's too fine for camos. <laughs> I just get alopecia. So, <laughs> so I, but I would have people touching my hair. So it was kind of like, it was a very much an exchange of going, right. okay, well, you do my hair, I'll do your yeah. hair. And it was like, that's what kind of we are. That's how we all originate and started as mm-hmm. hairdressers. It was kind of like, well, I'll do your hair, you do my hair. Yeah. Mm. And then obviously we had the curriculum come in place and, you know, all of that came a long way down the line. Yeah. Um, but I think what's really important as well is from coming from that salon space back in the day is especially the person that I am and what we ha- the message that we have to send is that these spaces were created because there was nowhere else to go. Yeah. So it's really important that we don't take that space yeah, up space. and yeah. we just create a safe space, a new safe space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're not taking up that space that mm-hmm. was there because there was because that's, else. Yeah. yeah, because there was no one else yeah. Yeah. to Needed do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so important. In case we were we were already labelled as like the least the ones that don't get the most income when you're younger, like, don't be a hairdresser. 100%. You don't get no money. <laughs> so we're like, we've got to make it work here, guys. Yeah, <laughs> well, and Casey, you're doing something I find really interesting. You're working with schools or a school in yeah. particular yeah. to try and make people feel more comfortable to educate people in looking after yeah. their hair, whatever the hair type, but a much younger age. So tell us a bit about that and how that came yeah, about. Yeah, so I run a hair care and wellbeing workshop uh, for five to any age, yeah. Because I have had mums and dads join the workshop also, um, and yeah, I love it. I teach the girls basic skills of how to separate their hair, how to detangle the correct products and the product usage, um, and just watching them flourish in the learning process of doing their hair. I'm like, this is, some of them are hairdressers already. Honestly, I've really? got a girl, and if I had a salon, she'd be my Saturday girl straight no. away. She's so good. And she does family and friends, and she's so willing to learn. She goes, I know, miss, I know. I'm like, but do you, though? Because <laughs> you've been watching, what, YouTube? <laughs> yeah, so I've been running that for a year now, and it is in a, a secondary school in Southwark, and I do it via Zoom on my day off on Sunday. Oh, and um, on whenever I can get the place uh, for youth clubs. Yeah. So I've done two, two youth clubs. So how did that conversation go with the school? Did you approach them? How did you no, get them they to run. Accept? Luckily, my friend is the head of year 10. So uh, she kind of said, well, we need to get you in the school because you need to show these girls what's going on. There's a boy and there's a girl and there's this one. So uh, she they run something called day 10 where they collapse the timetable and they have external staff coming to teach them all sorts of activities and extra um, curricular learning things and then yeah I just thought if I initially honestly I had no program I just thought I'm going to teach them to do hair but then doing someone's hair and working with children is two different two things different so things. um my friend and I we came up with a workbook and then now I just work from the workbook and yeah. Teach so you them. teach them how to do their own hair? Yeah, so their hair own hair, t- hair in general and their own hair because they ca- the workbook is called How to Care for Your Hair at Home. So that came from obviously lockdown where we couldn't get to the hair yeah. salon. And they just learned just things like, uh, because it started from the pop-up salon that I had, children just couldn't comb their hair out or they didn't have the money to go to the salon, which was another thing in the black community. You would sacrifice getting your school uniform at the end of August instead of going to the salon. Yeah. And then I just thought if I offered that as um, a free service, then it would just make them a bit comfortable to come. Because if you say like money... Po- like positive 
body image and like positive self-esteem because I think we went through such a time and I've seen it with like the younger kids that like depending on different areas that you're from as well if you're the only one with curly hair or you know if you're the only one with afro hair if you wear braids in your hair or locks in your hair like oh that's different probably one of the main ones yeah even teachers yeah 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 like even my even my niece I remember when my sister was like you won't believe what happened like the teacher just come up was like touching her hair (laughs) do you know what true story my niece is um six and my sister was at work the teacher called her okay so my sister um, my niece has got say 4b hair right Mm -hmm. so um the teacher rang my sister and said you need to come to Isla she's had an incident mm-hmm. so she's thinking oh she had an accident yeah. she's going to take her change of clothes she she had to go because one of the snags in her hair had broken and the teacher did not know how to put and her a hair band just now back out. in her hair because <laughs> her hair was out and she hadn't ever seen like you know, Afro wow, hair that's before what predominantly it's like white school. That's what when I used school. to take my hair yeah. band out. But, really. but to call her from work, because yeah. she didn't know it's how to deep, put babe. a band <laughs> in, in the hair, and she was like, oh, I'm just not sure how to touch it, um, mm-hmm. and all of that. So from the age of six, Isla, she, he, she's so confident anyway, but what that could do for someone's esteem, going, why it can't does. she touch my hair? Know, why yeah. doesn't she and, want to touch my hair? Even like some do. of the girls, they have all different hair types. So we've got the ones that have the long, long hair and we've got a young girl who has short hair. And I tell her, you wear the crown that's on your hair. You yeah. don't have a length. There's no perfect length. It's what's, it's your suit. Yeah. So when I've shown, like she comes in my class so confident now because I don't discriminate against any of the length, colour, or any of the race in the class, and yeah. she she sees that she feels comfortable talking with me. Yeah, As I think there's a, there's a lot of discrimination still, and and some of it is unintentional in inverted commas mm. or just mm. unthinking. It is when they not, just talk about hair being untidy they don't know. If or you don't too know. big or yeah, unruly, unmanageable. Yeah. Mm. Uh, all of we have to break down all of these negative words that we associate with curly, coily, textured hair, yeah. which is frizzy, unruly, unmanageable. Mm-hmm. All these negative words yeah, yeah. that are used for hair, yeah, correct, yeah. which it needs to be known. It's uplifting it's powerful it's gravity defying you know yeah. powerful words yeah, if yeah. you described it that way then you wouldn't feel sad about it because you feel like you've done something wrong for having this kind of yeah, yeah. right yeah. so then it breeds this culture of going i want to relax my hair i want to yeah. put chemicals on my hair before i'm even old enough to know what the chemicals mm-hmm. are doing to my hair yeah um, you when, know. whereas if somebody had just shown you from an early age, how to care for it, and that is yeah. not a bad thing. And just yeah. yeah, even it. even for my European girls, also same thing for them because if they've um, got curly hair, it's still difficult to, to yeah. work yeah. with. Yeah. So yeah, just um, teaching them about their hair type and the different things because they will follow their friends who are mixed race and then get pink moisturizer. Babe, trust yeah. me. I was co- I was coming out with a kiss curl, putting gel in my hair. I was like, what? Edges. Like, do you know what I mean? I've like got no edges now. <laughs> but it, it's true. But I think as human beings and yeah. as a sisterhood as well, that's so important. No matter your texture, no matter your race, it's about uplifting one another because there's so much yeah. going on in the world that's mm. trying to put us down and hate ourselves. I even break. So do. my dolls, I have European and Afro ones, and. The girls, they s- separate themselves when they come in the room and I'm like, nope, A, B, A, B. Because you're gonna, you might have 
um, a blended family where you might have yeah. someone who has a curly hair type yeah, or definitely. vice versa, European hair type. So I get the girls to work on the different hair types yeah. and they love it. They're like, oh, I didn't know that you had to just put conditioner on your ends. Girl, you saving money and yeah. all of that. <laughs> so that, and is that the, you, you can see the tolerance and the understanding. Yeah. Once I, once I tell them, because they do come in with the, the Afro girls will sit here because they don't know what's going on. So when I come in, um, I've had all year groups now. So at the moment I'm with seven and eight and initially they come in, they sit down and then... That's like 12, 13 year olds, I think, for people who aren't perfect age. (laughs) They're like sponges. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, just drink this, it's good for you. (laughs) But they sit separately and then, as I said, I have to blend them all together because like do you play separately when you go out in the playground don't be scared to touch the hair girls like yeah. get involved and i think like teaching young men as well how oh yeah to yeah talk there's about also hair. Men, yeah. like oh i want boys, her with sorry, the yeah. long hair yeah or you know understanding that you know i've got friends that have got a blowout that mm-hmm. don't want to jump in a swimming pool so yeah. don't be running around trying to squirt <laughs> like gum because there's yeah. going to be tears yeah. and people are going to fight like all of these sensitivities that have, you might have not you think watched about. napoli ever after before. i have where she so shakes her hair yeah so oh. that's one of the depending on the age because there are some bits that you have to pause in there but um that's one of the films that i let the girls watch if they're age appropriate and they love it because they're like that's me that is yeah, me yeah. because they're scared and i've never been like that my mum always let me go in the pool so i see a difference like some of my girls they can't get their hair done until they do swimming Right, so okay. that's a big thing because you're like, I've just spent how much money getting the hair done and then I've got to waste it because yeah. now they're jumping in the pool. Yeah. Whereas the European girls, they're just <laughs> living their best lives. Not me, because yeah. I look really like you much. Yeah. 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 my hair's wet. <laughs> it goes yeah, yeah. through, it sticks to my head. So I'm like, I am not getting in the pool as well. I'm going to stay with my, sitting with my, the my silk press girls. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, and I mean, I, even when I'm watching, you know, TV, I've seen things on Love Island, you mm-hmm. know, and all this, you know, weaves and wigs and wraps and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I did, it's just knowing the language and knowing how to ask the questions without being insensitive or yeah. without being clumsy. I think as long as it comes from a pure heart, yeah. you yeah. can never ask a wrong question. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think that over the last couple of years, I've got a lot braver about asking the questions. And I because think you're not asking out of malice, you actually are interested. Yeah, interested That's like so. myself. If I I don't feel like it's a wrong answer. I'd be like, I didn't mean it rudely. So, because when I was training, I worked at Daniel Galvin and my first client, I smothered conditioner all over her hair because that's what I did in Afro salons. So when I learned the difference, I was like, Oh my gosh. Love ya. I I remember my first Indian wedding that I ever did and it was over about four days and there was a henna party and I remember just asking the question like where did this come from? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? And you know, the women there would just tell me and fill me in and tell me the stories and all that. It's because if you're interested and it's coming from a pure place, I mean you're not, you know, you see someone with curly hair, you're not going in there and just touching the hair straight away and going, oh what's that? That looks nice. And it's like, I don't know if you've just had chicken or you've gone to the toilet or you've washed your hands. Like get off the hair. There's a space and people want to touch your bum the whole time. Yeah. Hello. It's just like a and boundary. that is yeah. what I provide at the school a safe space and it really is and I do since when I started compared to now first of all thank god for the program and the workbook because otherwise I'd just sack me <laughs> <laughs> but it is a need and there are boys that have hair, um, hair in the school so there, I have had two boys enrolled on the program 
Um, but because it's not as popular for the boys, because they have like sports and stuff going on yeah. as well. They want to spend their but time. But yeah, they're, they're, everyone's tell, tell interested. Tell us the name because your workbook is on Am- Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a beginner's guide on how to care for hair at home. Whoop whoop plug plug. Small little plug. Go on. How could so somebody listening to this thinks, well, I could do that at my local school, or I'd be interested. Please, how would you? Yeah. How would you suggest they start the conversation? They need to get in touch. So it's schools rather than yes, councils. Yes, school, schools. Yes, because they need to basically have the time on the timetable. So if yeah. they don't, unfortunately, offer the great thing that my school does, um, after school clubs. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, because that's another one way that I get in the school as well, um, or online. Right. Off. So you could just offer it for your local community, just the young girls. Just yeah. the young girls and the mums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? That's re- that's the mums and the dads yeah. and all the caregivers, whoever they might be. Because we had a lot of people um, in lockdown actually inquiring about courses mm-hmm. that had a mixed and blended family but didn't have the same hair type as their children and didn't yes. have a clue. And child mind, yes, same carers. I think there is. Um, I think there's a girl called um, Naomi in Manchester who's done a couple of things with carers uh-huh. um, through the council. I have so also, yeah, I have a few social worker friends that are really pushing for me to get yeah. in. You should do carers, it, like Naomi, yeah. who's doing it. She's one of my mentees oh. on Project Tech. So, yeah, I can hook you guys up. Yeah, but I yes. think that'd be great because I think... You know, there's enough space for us oh all Oh my to days, do it. there's enough space. Yeah, we, we can there's the enough gems, space yeah. we can all eat I'll like put some, the best I'll put thing some to do. contacts my, in the show notes. One of my favourite things is that if you go into a supermarket and you literally look at all the breads, there's bread for everyone. Bread yeah. for everyone. So let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the wine, please. Yeah. <laughs> and but Lisa, yeah, from a nice. from a professional point of view, for anybody, stylists, hairdressers at any level listening to this, what yeah. what would you suggest them to do? Is it Educate, educate, educate. You never stop learning and there's no silly questions, there's no wrong questions, Mm -hmm. there's no embarrassment, there's no, oh, but I've had a salon for 40 years and I don't know how to implement this. Just do it. And if you're worried about, what about if I spend money and I'm getting no revenue back? Start small steps. You've got knowledge, girl. Yeah, you've (laughs) got the knowledge, but you can also start in small steps. If you don't feel like you're hugely confident in being able to do textured hair yet, Offer professional products in your salon window. That's mm-hmm. going to make your salon more inclusive. Yeah. Go on courses. Come and see us at Wig London. I mean, with Wig London, we go and host in salons all around the country. Right. Because in lockdown, we had a space in East London. And we managed to get out of the lease. And then what we found is that rather than salons, especially like up north yeah, or you know outside stuff. of London, they were having to spend so much to send their staff to London. Mm-hmm. And right. So what yeah. we do now is we send two educators and a model and we go to their salons. So you're paying for that rather than the whole of the team's okay, hotels yeah. and, and travel. So and if I'm that. a salon owner and I've got somebody who's asking to be educated, I've got somebody in my team who I think, right, actually, well, how long might they need to learn to be doing this in order to be able to offer it as a service? It's the same as anything. So we offer courses. We do like a two-day textured hairstyling. Okay. We do a one-day make your salon texture neutral and then we do a four-week intense program as well. So it all depends on I what think, you're doing. Sorry, once you become confident and comfortable with touching the hair it's just like doing any other hair yeah so you wouldn't need <laughs> you've just got to be doing it it's the same as like yeah, you know how long would i be having to do you know yoga before i can do a headstand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a very long time it. <laughs> but if you're doing it every day you get you know the brain is a muscle memory the same as every other muscle in your body. So yeah. the more you start doing it, the hand and eye coordination. As creatives, we're so visual mm-hmm. and we're learners and we're to do things. Yeah. So, you know, the more that you're doing it, 
And you, you'd be surprised. You'd do a textured hair course and go, right, I'm ready for the <laughs> yes. B4A. But then, you know, you might find... You get a 4C. You... <laughs> and you could do a break. But, yeah. um, or you could do a twist out. Or just having that terminology of going, I know how to handle... Like you said, like I know how to handle the hair. I know what a twist out is. I can mm. use the right terminology. I can diffuse yeah. your hair. But then that filters down. But in 2023, the world is a mixing pot of every single person is intertwined (laughs) so yeah everyone's blended so and that's only going to increase more and more so our our salons shouldn't surrogate us imagine if you're getting married I mean I'm recently engaged (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much Um, but if I wasn't a hairstylist like my best friend she has um, a silk press and a weave and you know then my sister's got um, thick European hair Imagine if I wasn't a hairstylist and we wanted to all go to the same salon and get ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and absolutely. I'd be like, oh, well, you can't come with me. You girls go to that salon. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. go to that salon. Yeah. Like, and then we'll just meet, like, yeah. at the hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's not going to happen. Because <laughs> <all, there's> <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're here. And there's always a friend that wants to give you a wedding gift that's makeup or hair. But, yeah. <laughs> hint, hint. But <laughs> I got you, girl. I got you. <laughs> what's, the, what's the quickest win to get somebody's confidence up? affirmations right yeah affirmations is what I do during my consultation and (laughs) you'd be surprised how many people can't stare in the mirror and that's why I also offer a silent appointment (laughs) because yeah just looking at yourself sometimes you can't do it I can (laughs) but yeah a lot of my not so much my clients but the girls on the workshop they we do mirror work right um and affirmations yeah that's the it's nothing to do with hair Wow. It's, it's a mind thing and yeah. um, once you have the correct mindset for anything yeah, yeah. you can you can go for it it's easy wow. <laughs> words are powerful yeah. they are aren't they mm. so going forward two or three things then that sort of this that our conversation time is coming to an end so somebody oh. listening to this is so interesting quick. I know <laughs> so much said you must come back and we'll we'll Please. carry on so it would be be brave be thoughtful Take it out there, find places that you can contact with people and you can share your expertise. I think the schools is an amazing place to start because I just think we've got to get these kids. I'd love to have you in. That would be really, really nice. (laughs) I think that would be really cool. And then also make sure you're educating yourself and your team, finding courses to go on, finding people to talk to. Like, there's no right or wrong, there's no stupid questions. It's all positive. Yeah. And I think the shop window, again, we were having a little warm-up chat and um, you were talking, Lisa, about the sort of, you know, the shop window. What you put in your window is what's going to attract people. Mm. So your Instagram, your social media, what you're showing, people people want to go to places where they feel recognised. Mm-hmm. They, they yeah. see something that they recognise, whether it's a team member, whether it's the photography, whether it's the products in the yeah. window. Yeah. I mean, if you, like, your Instagram's like your shop window, right? 100%. And I, I remember turning up to... Um, the Kendrick Lamar Black Panther music video I got booked for. And I turned up uh, with my assistant who was melanin based and they thought that she was Lisa. Because they'd only ever seen my work. Because they'd only ever seen my work. She was like, please don't make me pray. <laughs> I was like, no, hi. And it was like, it was never an issue. And I remember no. the model there was like, thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing. Yeah. Because 
you know, we have to use our platforms. Mm-hmm. Like you're, what you're doing from mm-hmm. a young age is just so amazing. I think it's going to breed and cultivate a whole new generation of people. I think it's you beautiful. Thank you so it's much. amazing. And for me, when I'm putting imagery out there, I've got to be putting imagery that represents every single person, mm-hmm. yeah, you yeah. know, and that empowers. And yeah. that's what's important to me. Yeah, I think we should all check check ourselves i know here you know in my media company with all our platforms and things we're sort of constantly like having a look and seeing are we representing Mm -hmm. everything so that we Mm -hmm. are you know not just through ignorance or forgetfulness or it needs to be more than like black history month pride it needs to be consistent with brands day to day yeah (laughs) it has to be like implemented in day to day with like everything and that you know the schools the salons the media the product houses, it needs to be consistent. Yeah. Because there's a lot of mistrust and yeah. I think clients need to now trust certain organisations and brands. Yeah. And it's exhausting that we just go in these peaks and troughs. It's like every two or three years yeah. there's a cycle. It's yeah. like, oh, do we have to... Say it with your chest. If you walk the walk, <laughs> talk the talk. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank it's you. been a pleasure to have you both here. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to Lisa and Casey. That was such an interesting and uplifting conversation. I'm sure we will have them back soon to discuss how we all go forward. There's such a lot to say and do. And if you enjoyed listening, do pop over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast information and revisit the library of respectful podcast conversations that we've recorded over the past few years. There's surely plenty in there to interest you. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.